Strength for each day. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God says to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am means that God is everything we need in this moment and all we will ever need in the future. He can do anything that needs to be done. He is limitless in his abilities and his resources. He is the answer to all our questions, the solution to all our problems, the worker of every miracle, and the cure for all that afflicts us in the spirit, soul, or body. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and let's continue. Because even if we use the biggest and best words we can think of, God still defies description because he is so great and so powerful. When God instructed Moses to tell the people that I am has sent him, he was saying basically, I have everything you and these people need and there is nothing I cannot do. In John's gospel, Jesus refers to himself as I am seven times in chapter 6, chapter 8, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 14, and chapter 15. When we pray in his name, we pray in the name of the great I am, the almighty, limitless, eternal God. Let me encourage you today, listeners, to allow no limits on the way you think about God. Remember that he is I am. He has everything you need today and for every day of your life. He is far beyond the most wonderful thing you could ever imagine and he loves you more than you will ever know. Father, help me to know you and experience you as I am. You are everything I need. In Jesus' name, amen. You are the great I am. And I believe that I am has sent me. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. God's purpose for your life. Quickest I can open the page. (laughs) It says, enter his rest. Hebrews 4, 1. Let us hear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Okay, this verse may seem strange considering that scripture often tells us not to fear. After all, in Isaiah 41.10, the Lord says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously, anxiously look about you, for I am your God. 
Same thing in Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. So do not fear, be dismayed. But the Bible is clear that we are to be wary of missing God's rest. The Greek word for rest is key to understanding this admonition. Yes, it means a cessation of activity, but in ancient world, it also carried the understanding of overthrowing an oppressive force from power. The idea here is that you depose earthly forms of rulership from the throne of your life, recognizing that the Lord is indeed the only one in control. Entering into God's rest means that you don't have to strive or feel helpless or unworthy anymore because you accept the Father's leadership. You accept his provision and you accept his protection. It is he who fights the battles for you. So don't miss out. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, verse 6. So Jesus, take your place on the throne of my life for you are my Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's enter into his rest. Stay right there, listeners. Be right back with more prayers. Put prayer first. Proverbs 8, 17. I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. If you read the stories of the great generals of prayer of the past, you'll begin to see some patterns. One of the most important is that they didn't fit prayer in around their schedule of activities and speaking engagements. They fit their activities and speaking engagements around their prayer times. You have to put the big rocks, the most important things onto your calendar first or all the little distractions and urgent matters of your day will not leave room for doing what is most important. Prayer is more simple or more simply put is meeting with our Lord. And it must be first place in everything we do if we are to know his plan for us. Be free of worldly and earthly burdens and to have his wisdom in every matter. We have to pray. Pray with me. Father, meeting with you today is my priority. 
I do not pray in hopes of getting your stamp of approval on my plans. I pray to get your plan and then set my agenda around it. Nothing on my agenda today is more important than you, Lord. I take the time I need today to seek you. Spirit of God, I release you to direct my day according to your agenda and your calendar. In the name of Jesus, amen. Done and done, listeners. We just prayed it. We just prayed it. God's way day by day says, seek the Lord. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Psalm 34, verse 10. Listeners, what does it mean to seek the Lord? It means that we put God first in our lives. A relationship with him becomes our priority and our foremost desire. No matter what happens to us or around us, we choose to obey God, to follow God, and have a daily and intimate relationship with God. To seek the Lord means to want the Lord in your life. I repeat, to seek the Lord means to want the Lord in your life. Those who seek the Lord are in pursuit of the Lord. They talk to him, they listen to him, and they are eager to consult him at all times. I'm raising my hand. Amen. And God's promises day by day. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. When we awaken in the morning, listeners, we choose the attitude that will ultimately guide our thoughts and actions through the day. And I'm convinced our best attitudes emerge out of a clear understanding of our own identity, a clear sense of our divine mission, and a deep sense of God's purpose for our lives. That sort of God-honoring attitude encourages us to press on, to focus on the goal, to respond in remarkable ways to life's most extreme circumstances. Amen. Pinning our hopes on promises always boils down in the end to one thing trust in the person who makes them. Trust the maker of the universe to keep his promises. It is the ultimate fallback hope. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Amen. Don't move your feet. We'll be back before you know it. Stay right there.
Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Hebrews 4. Frequently you hear people say, God answered my prayer. And usually they mean God granted them whatever they had requested either for themselves or for others. God also answers prayers always of his children. But his answer isn't always yes. Sometimes his answer is no. Sometimes his answer is wait. And they are answers just as much as a yes. Think of Paul pleading with God to remove his thorn in the flesh. God's answer was no. God had something better, a path, leading him into deeper dependence on God and his grace. Or think of Jesus praying as he faced the agony of the cross. He said, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But God's answer was no, because there was no other way for our salvation to be won. God knows far better than we do what is best for us. So thank God, even when he says no, even when he says wait. Because his answer is always perfect. Amen. And Proverbs 30 says, As churning the milk produces butter, and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. Have you ever asked yourself why God takes anger so seriously and he urges us to cast it out of our lives? Well, one reason is because of what it does to other people. When we lash out at people in anger, we hurt them and we create conflict with them. And that is wrong, listeners. God loves them just as much as he loves us. And when our anger hurts someone, we're harming someone that God loves. God also hates our anger because of what it does to us. Our anger cuts us off from others. And no one likes to be around someone who may explode in any moment. Anger also hurts us by turning us into resentful, bitter, and unloving people. Most of all, anger cuts us off from God. And because anger makes us preoccupied with our own problems, rather than with God in our lives. That's it. It cuts us off from God. So commit your anger to God and seek his forgiveness. Then ask him to fill you with his patience and love. The fruit of the spirit is patience. Galatians 5, 22. God's plans are best. Psalm 18, as for God, his way is perfect. 
we will be whole. 1 Corinthians 15. The body that is sown in death is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Almost nothing is more painful than losing someone that we deeply love. We were convinced God was going to heal so-and-so of cancer, but he didn't. And then we ask, why didn't God answer us? God knows exactly what we're going through. He is truly the one who comforts us in the downcast. If God doesn't answer your prayer the way you hoped he would, doesn't mean he ignored it. In fact, our prayers are gonna be answered far greater than we even realize because God is in control of everything. And in the midst of all of our tears, there can still be joy because we know that those who die in the Lord are immediately with Christ. And that is better by far than remaining on this earth. Amen. Amen. Be back in a moment. I feel the need for Proverbs. So listen up. A wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child brings grief to a mother. Tainted wealth has no lasting value, but right living can save your life. The Lord will not let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the craving of the wicked. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. The godly are showered with blessings. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. We have happy memories of the godly, but the name of a wicked person rots away. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. The words of the godly are a life-giving foundation. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. 
Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding, but those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. People who accept discipline are on a pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Too much talk leads to sin, so be sensible and keep your mouth shut. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. The fears of the wicked will be fulfilled, the hopes of the godly will be granted. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. Lazy people irritate their employers like vinegar to their teeth or smoke in their eyes. Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The hopes of the godly result in happiness, but the expectations of the wicked come to nothing. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to those with integrity, but it destroys the wicked. The godly will never be disturbed, but the wicked will be removed from the land. The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speak perverse words. Amen. Four minutes, 43 seconds of wisdom we gotta have it we just do and in conclusion let us join together and say good morning God you're ushering in another day untouched and freshly new so here we come to ask you God if you'll renew us too Forgive the many errors that we made yesterday. Let us try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. Father, we are well aware 
We can't make it on our own. So take our hands and hold them tight for we can't walk alone. Amen. Glory to God. Come back tomorrow and pray with me again. Have a blessed day. We got these blessings started. Get ready to collect them. (laughs) 